Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social. I am Ross, as ever, and I'm joined by Matt, aka Bono, aka View from U2, Dazza, and James. I'm not going to lie, ladies and gentlemen, I'm struggling. I don't feel great. My moon system has defeated me once again. But we're going to power through and we're going to introduce the first man that is joining me. And that is good old Matt, aka Bonner, aka View from U2, and all the other nicknames that he has. Matt, thanks once again for joining us. Um, how are you? You're good? Well, hello, good evening, and welcome. I am very well. Um, I went out last night in Camden and got smashed, um, miraculously made the last train. Took today off holiday uh, and did absolutely nothing other than watch the fabulous new um, Brian Clough slash Nottingham Forest documentary on Netflix. Other streaming services are available. Um, but yeah, um, never want to give a short answer. But yes, I am very well, my friend. Sorry that you're suffering. And um, it's good to see the boys again who were, who were with me in Sunderland Pet on mm. Saturday, man. Definitely. And yeah, all of us were in Sunderland. Uh, all of us saw that defeat, but um, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the Rotherham defeat and all the other bits and bobs on the podcast. Dazza is back. Dazza, thanks for joining us once again. How are you? I'm really good, thank you. I think I'm probably better than you at the moment. But um, now I'm good. It's good to be back on. I don't know what I did wrong to be banished for what feels like a year. But um, no, it's good to be back on and, and kind of share the pain of the uh, the current situation. Um, but uh, yeah, good to be back on, and uh, yeah, let's have a good old chat tonight. All things Ipswich, indeed. And uh, the final man that is joining us, and it is good old James, who um shared Air- Airbnb with on Saturday, had a nice little drive home, saw his family home on Sunday, too. James, welcome back to the show. How are you? Good week. Thanks very much, Ross. Yes, I'm I'm back in London now. I I did a a full country tour. So I spent a a week in Newcastle prior to the Sunderland game. I spent a couple of nights with with uh with my parents back in nearby Ipswich and uh took in both games this weekend. Unfortunately, uh, as we, we will find out, no spoilers. But later in the podcast, you're you're not going to enjoy what's going to come. And um and and yeah, I've um. I've managed to escape the illness and colds that everybody else in the uh, Gateshead-based Airbnb has got. So uh, there's Liam from Crew and Roscoe. There is uh, Bloomers and there is Paul. And I think they are all a little bit worse for wear. But Jeff, James, Jeffrey Farthing has uh, has managed to escape the the colds and he's still going strong. Still still on the beers, son. And uh, ready to go for another fan social. Let's go. And yeah, as you said, you're superhuman. We're just, you know, yeah, we're just, we're just rubbish, pretty much. Oh, I can't get my words out. Um, but let's go and talk about the two defeats. Um, Matt, how would you describe in one word your your current feeling on town? No goals for a while, back to back defeats. The Rotherham game was pretty much predictable. How are you feeling? Optimistic. Carry on. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you just wanted one word. Optimistic. Um, I am optimistic because good times are around the corner. Let's not get too despondent. We're not. We're not entitled to win every game six 0 or anything like that. 
we have been spoilt this year by some tremendous kind of vast expansive football which you know on on the pitch i don't think there's anybody that can say that on the pitch we're, we're, we're not in a better place than, than what we have been for maybe what a long long time actually um we're just we're just consistently inconsistent and that's the main frustration um i think among among the fan base um and i, I don't speak the only person uh, the only person I speak for is is myself, obviously, but I, I think I share the view of a lot of people that it's we just need to be a little bit patient. But I I get the feeling that even your kind of most hopeless optimist like myself, glass half full type chap, that's that's going to wear pretty thin soon. So yeah, but I'm sure it'll come good. I just can't give you can't give you a date i always said let's judge the table um at christmas time and christmas i mean there's people putting their decorations up already and it's still november it's still autumn i've still got pumpkins rotting on my doorstep still um so <laughs> it's oh, that's um, wrong that's wrong isn't it i i don't know if it's just me becoming an old middle-aged man now but as i'm driving around and i see someone else's lights i am shouting all sorts of abuse at those people as I drive past inside my car. I mean, I'm British, they can't hear what I'm saying, but it's like, you know, all for F's sake. It's November, people. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there is um, just down the road from where I am in um, sunny Stowmarche, AKA the Gipping Valley. There is a, a house, a large house that raises a substantial amount of funds for charity, mate. <laughs> And um, he, I'd hate to think what the household's electricity bill is, um, but they raised money for each and air ambulance and stuff. And um, yeah, they're up, they're illuminated. It will make a great kind of landing center for the aliens if they ever wanted to come down. Um, so anyway, I digress. I'm, I'm always of the uh, opinion that Christmas decorations are 1st of December. But Christmas songs, I am well happy from 1st of November. I know people are going to have a big old problem with that, but I absolutely love a Christmas song. So, um, first... Unbelievable, Jeff. Unbelievable. <laughs> so what's your, what's your go-to then? What's your favourite Christmas song? Oh, I don't know about favourite Christmas songs, but I do love a bit of Buble Christmas album as, as you get into the middle of November. We're getting to about time where I could pretty much play the whole album in full and not be absolutely disgusted by that fact. Uh, oh. 1st of December, like just one or two Christmas songs just get just get littered into some playlists that I listen to. But now I could go full on Christmas album and be quite happy with it. So, yeah, I'll go for a bit of Buble. Yeah, well, Mariah is the this it. That's Mariah. That's what it's all about. Queen, that's, that's, that's it. Queen, the number one. And in Slade, and maybe Chris Rear, they're kind of my top three. I know we're digressing here, but you know, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Okay, yeah, no, nice little, little <laughs> but not bit, until little, December. Little, not until yeah. December, man. Well, we're we're a month away. It, today, as a recording, it's the twenty fifth of November. We're yeah. one month away, so the countdown is on. The Advent calendars will be coming out soon. Um, I'll probably eat my chocolate before even the first day happens. Um, oh, let's go back to Dazza. 
But for people on video, just just saying, I have an I have an advent calendar already ready to go. You're ready to go. There we go. He's got yeah, it. Yeah, just up He's here. So ready to go. Maltesers. So, it's a Maltesers, yeah. is it? It's a Maltesers advent calendar. It's the one where you get the tiny little chocolate every single day. And see, um, good I'm, old, good old, good old mother farthing bought it as well. So yeah, uh, you, that you, is that is very cute. You see, all those people without kids, you still get an advent calendar. And then us people with kids, it's part of your life that goes missing. I I don't have an advent calendar, but my kids do. I mean, my kids are old now. That you know, my old, my son's twenty, and my uh, every year my mum buys them advent calendars as a tradition. So, um, but none for me. No, I'm just ignored now. I'll get but, you one. You know. I'll get you one, Dazza. I'll get oh, you one. Oh. Whenever, Come on, let's whenever talk I see you next, this is, this is talking yeah. bollocks. Yeah, that's just a nice little little um, little break there um, because it is, could be a depressing podcast because we are talking about defeats um, and no goals. We've not seen a goal for a while. But Dazza, what? How are you feeling right now? In one word, how do you describe the current feeling? Flat. That's my feeling. You know, um, like Bono, I like to be kind of positive and stuff. But the I didn't feel flat after Sunderland you know it's a long old way it's a big event I was looking forward to going there 31,000 I mean that's incredible for a, a league one club really although only I think about 10 of them sang during the whole game um, but we played okay and we didn't deserve to lose but the game against Rotherham I watched on I follow and we you know I know it's been that phrase has been used a few times that we just didn't lay a glove on them you know it was soon as they scored that was it and the only thing i was looking forward to was them scoring another one so i could get maximum points on the prediction league so um yeah it was just it, it didn't it didn't you know it didn't go well did it so um uh yeah that's kind of how i'm feeling but you know we've got a great opportunity to bounce back this weekend on saturday you know crew on paper which we don't play football on by the way um, it is a game we should win. We should win. And hopefully the players will, will have a show reaction to the Rotherham game. So looking forward to a good five or six nil win on Saturday. Sunday. 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 Is, Sunday. It on, yeah. is it on Sky? I know. No, just, I think it's, it's just, just playing, played on Sunday. They, just, Weird. they decided because of the break. I don't know. So, yeah, um, in the fan social, I think Paul Cook got asked this question and it was basically that we don't have a midweek game on Tuesday, so they literally just move the game a day um, to give more recovery time between our between our Tuesday game and the on the Sunday game now. So, but we're playing. We've got a game on Wednesday now because we've got the Arsenal under twenty ones in the Pizza Trophy, so it sort of doesn't really wow. matter now. So wow. yeah, that would be. You, is much of the first team going to play? Probably not. Um, probably not. Probably not. I I will be there. I've bought my tickets. I'm going to be sat in front of Andy and Stu. Right up, right up in the wide block. I'm going to harass them before the game. Yeah. Maybe take, maybe take them, maybe take them a pizza. Maybe. Oh, oh you, ooh, they'll love that. Andy will love that. I think that he's disappointed. There's been no pizza. It's it's a pizza trophy, and there's no pizza on hand. It's just yeah. ridiculous, ridiculous. But anyway, okay. um, over to you, James. You're at both games in the flesh. Um, yeah, I think Daz is pretty much made it a great point there. It was flat, definitely on Tuesday night. The atmosphere was a bit flat because I think it was very much predictable that we were going to get beaten by Rotherham. And when they went 1-0 up, 
yeah, we knew straight away, yeah, we're not going to get into this game. But yeah, what are you feeling at the moment? I think my words to describe Ipswich at the moment is impotent. Um, it's it's a word not usually used in a football sense, but uh, I can see a little chuckle from you, Ross. But I think that is definitely describing Ipswich Town at the moment. Um, we have a lot of the ball for a lot of our games. We are quite comfortable in possession. We look pretty good in possession, to be honest. Even even in the even in the opposition half. But as soon as we get close to the box, it just seems like we want to just we're shy. We're shy of taking a risk. We're shy of crossing the ball in. Yeah, I think Bono's signalling it. It's like have a have a go. Like get it, get it, get it in, get it in the box. Uh, especially on Tuesday night, I realised this is we were doing some amazing passing. Amazing, we were doing, we were passing, um, but yet we were not creating any chances. And yes, I understand we have, apart from Bon, we pretty much have quite a small front line. But there was no variety in our play. We were trying to play through Rotherham, and they were cutting us off at every opportunity. So basically, we're impotent. We can't create anything. We just we can't. We're not creating chances. We're not scoring goals. And it's a real step change from a few weeks ago when we were scoring goals for fun. And it could be because teams have worked us out. It could be because we're quite one-dimensional in that sense. But I almost. I almost certainly think it's because of our rigidity. Rigidity? Yeah, because we're rigid in the way we play. Fair play. I think we've got the headline, the title of this podcast right there, James's words. Um, I don't know what people, when they see that, I don't know what they'd be thinking, but listen to the podcast and you'll find out. Um, but well well said, James. Um, well, let's get into the Rotherham game then, uh, Matt. It was, um, yeah, it was what it was, weren't it? Uh, Rotherham are a good team. They're a team that should be in League One, but then they're not good enough for the championship. They're a team just yo-yos throughout. Um, what's your overall thoughts on the, the performance and the game itself? Uh, well, James slash Jeff um, coined a phrase that we were impotent. I'd, I'd go, I'd go further than that and and say we were pretty flaccid. Uh, on on Tuesday night, it was um, it was a golden opportunity for us to bounce back. Um, and I'm pretty sure had we played and taken the chances that we created um, at the stadium alight a few days before, then we would have been all right. But yeah, we're we're pretty flat. Um, it's become sadly it's becoming quite uh, predictable, and, I, and I'm finding it quite frustrating that there is no plan b um i don't subscribe you know balls on the table time i'm going to reveal my hand i don't this i don't subscribe to the whole uh let's play two up front because you'll score more goals um that's really that's re a really really simplistic view of um a simplistic view of football you just have to look at the, the highest scoring teams in the world that all play one up front I, I think the key thing for us at the moment is the fact that um the the number 10 um, position, the, the shadow striker, um, on gauge, Trey Quartista, attacking midfielder, attacking playmaker, whatever you want to label it, whatever fancy football manager 
phraseology you want to use. Um, I'd, I'm still, I'm not convinced by anybody that's played there so far. Um, I think fullback is is a real, you know, on, on Tuesday night, it's good to see JD uh, back under the lights at Portman Road. He is just, just he's just a baller, isn't he, really? Um, he's just not effective going forward. I think Bailey Clements, bless him, didn't didn't do too well. Um, but yeah, Rotherham, yeah, Rotherham are a fantastic team, and you know we are where we are. We are a League One team. I don't I don't care that we it, it sucks to want to aspire to be like Rotherham, but I don't I don't I don't care who we play. I I, I think we should be mature enough to be able to recognise decent teams, and they were they were everything that we weren't. They were, they were, ag- they were aggressive, but in a in a, in a good way. Um, they were well organised. Um, they they knew what they what they were doing, and I think our passages of play were just predictable. And again, we kind of there was echoes of our former manager, uh, a manager who is a legend at his former club, um, on Tuesday with the ball the ball going backwards and going back to the keeper and Christian Walton who I think is an absolutely I think he's a fantastic goalkeeper booting it long and we lose possession if we keep the ball they can't hurt us but we just gave it away time and time again creative outlet was was suffering I think we did we, have we did have quite a lot of the ball on Tuesday night with with no action we, Exactly. So we, it does like you touched upon earlier, um, Jeff James. It was um, we we get the ball. We just didn't know what we wanted to do with it. Um, I love, I really, I don't love. I appreciate the combination of Sam Morsey and um, Lee Evans, the footballer, not the comedian. And um, but they're just there was just something missing. So I'm rambling now, as per usual. Um, yeah. We miss Burns. I'm not convinced by the left midfield. Bond just needs a bit of luck. Um, I'd like to see Burgess back in beside the fridge, who is so far he's my signing signing of the season. Excellent, excellent player. Um, yeah, we just need to put it right on a Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, where we have roasties, our roast dinner, and all that. Um, Dazza. Over to you then, my friend. Your overall thoughts. Um, a very different game from Saturday. A game we should have been winning against Sunderland, but we just didn't. Yeah. But yeah, Tuesday was just... It was just it felt like the game we watched in 2019 when we lost against them, where Matt Crooks destroyed us. But yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I know it's been said a lot. You know, Andy and, and uh, uh, Mark sort of said it on their pod as well, but it's um, it was flat and the crowd was flat. I wasn't there, obviously, but, you know, I don't know what, if you guys... Can comment on the atmosphere you know what the north stand were like you know was there a lot of just silence and dazza there was an acceptance of that we were going to yeah. lose yeah from pretty early on i think everybody came to the game expecting we were going to lose yeah which is, a, which is not which is unlike us yeah so maybe the play you know the players i mean th- i think uh listen to uh paul cook's interview after the game and he was sort of saying that you know it's down to the players to you know spark the the crowd it's not the crowd's fault but um yeah it was you know rotherham um there's certain there everything's you know already been said really they're a really good team and very effective you know they're they're still they're a mile away from being some you know 
group of thugs who just lump it. That's not how they played. I thought they played good football, dangerous on the counter-attack. They let us have possession in non-dangerous places. You can pass it all around the we like on the halfway line. You're not going to score from there. Um, and, uh, yeah, we just didn't look – we couldn't open them up and, and create anything. And what – whether we're going to talk about formations and stuff, I don't know. But what I don't like, well, the negative thing about this formation that we play, if we haven't got the really, you know, our attacking fullbacks and the wingers are too narrow, we turns into a flat five in midfield, like it was under Lambert, where we we've got no one, we've got an isolated striker in this case, Bon, who was just there on his own against three defenders, and um, five midfielders in a row. And so there's, you know, you're never going to open anything up if it's just passing sideways. So, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it was just an uninspiring game that we never looked like getting even into. Even last 10 minutes, there was no, you know, a, he did switch to kind of 4 4 2 ish. Piggott came on next to the bond, and then we decided not to cross the ball. <laughs> so the, whether there was no, because Edwards and Penny came on, obviously, and Penny was trying to do what you would do in this uh, normal formation of bomb on past the winger, and Edwards was then coming inside. But really, what should have been happening was Edwards should have been further forward, putting crosses in. I don't like, I've said this all the time, I want my left footer on the left and my right footer on the right when you're a winger, because you then cross with your stronger foot. Edwards beats his man, but then has to cross with his left foot, which is not his best foot. And Selena doesn't cross with his right foot either. So it uh, we changed to 4-4-2, but then we didn't because they weren't wingers. They were inside forwards, as David would say from a football manager speak. So um, I'm hoping the players, you know, use that as a as motivation for the next game because... Just to quickly refer to the Sunderland game, we were much better than them first half and, you know, unlucky in the second half without creating anything. But we, there's no way we deserve to lose that game. Um, but, you know, Saturday was, was a bit of a reality check, wasn't it, for where we are. I, you know, like a lot of fans, you know, after this slow start, we've gotten a really good run, haven't we? And winning and drawing and only one loss in... So many games, I don't know what the figure was. And it's like, okay, we turn a corner now. Um, and uh, now we've kind of stepped one foot forward and several steps back. But we can go again from from on Saturday anyway. So, anyway, I'm rambling. Sunday. 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 Get it in anyone's mind. Sunday. We'll wake up on Saturday going, match day. Oh, no, no, it isn't. Not for us. It's Sunday. Yeah. Can we quickly touch upon um, the atmosphere inside the ground? Um, that was, <clears throat> I can't remember what game it was under, um, under Lambert when, Many. Um, Blue actually, yeah, <laughs> when, and I think it's when, is it Brett McGavin made his debut and Fleetwood, was yeah. it Fleetwood? Yeah. And section six, um, unveiled the, that banner that they had, the black one, unacceptable, underfunded, unambitious type thing. The atmosphere was really, really similar. Um, to that, it was it was it was quite toxic. Um, I'm, you know, I have to say, you pay your money, you can take your choice, and you can basically 
do whatever you want in the ground as long as it's safe and legal and respectful for other people but the uh, the, the booing's just totally totally unacceptable i'd rather put my energy into into supporting the club obviously i'm, I'm not saying the people that do boo don't support the club because they clearly do which is why they're there and, and not doing whatever else with their lives but I don't know without patronizing people and saying oh you got to be patient you're gonna give time you got to get behind the boys etc etc it's just i just just don't don't understand it really um we we don't have you know if you if you do subscribe to a monotheistic belief system we don't have a, a god-given right to to win every game and to be the best club in the world we're we're not even the best club in in the third division of english football so whilst we shouldn't temper our ambitions and by by goodness you know the ambitions of our fantastic new owners is is is, is beyond question it's just a little bit just the dissenting voices are, are getting louder um and you know the leaving early the the, the booing just uh, I, I, I don't know it just it it never ends well and um, which but it's just the, the modern football fan is is fickle. If we win five nil on Sunday, um, then it will be Paul Cook's the best manager in the world, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get a hundred points and a hundred goals. So so so, yeah. so Matt, I um I was very in your camp of subscribing to never wanting to boo or show my displeasure during a during a football match, and I still I still have not booed during a football match. Of our play, at our at our players, uh, a referee is a different matter. An opposition player, different matter. But for our players, I won't. I choose not to boo. But if you just think about maybe a few years ago, when we would play Rotherham, we would think championship game easily winnable. And now we're saying that that is going to be the mo one of our most difficult games of the season. So we just have to think about how our expectations are dropping like a stone and thinking that teams that we would used to be competitors at are just completely completely light years above us now. And it is just about I think that's where that's where the discomfort is coming from from a large majority of fans. I mean you don't even have to go back to the the fans which have uh, experienced our really good times, but uh, it, it it's in the not so distant past where we've been a mid table championship side, and now we're a mid table League One side. And that's not acceptable to me, and I, and people have to voice it in different ways, and some people will voice it be, uh, booing, and I didn't like it that people were doing that, but. There's getting more and more increasingly increasing performances, not not, not necessarily performances, but it's the it's the it's the results which have unfortunately led us down this path of, hey, are we going to have another season there mid table in League One? I'm not sure if I'm happy with that. And people people are getting to that stage where they're like, yeah, I'm not happy with that. And and it's all about posturing as well. Like you play Sunderland fifth place or wherever they were playoff ish place you play Rotherham second in the league it's not it's not disaster to lose to both those clubs it shouldn't define your season that you do lose to both those clubs 
I, I'm I'm of the opinion that Ipswich Town should be one of the best teams in this league, based on uh, funding, based on structure, based on uh, recent past as well. Because we've we're still fan fairly new. Yeah, fan base. Yeah, fan base. Yeah, indeed. Um, and the thing that's happening is that we're now seeing we're now seeing two defeats against those teams is fine, but it's all down to our first eight games that we didn't win a game. We were in the bottom four and it's just like, well, now we lose against second place and sixth place or wherever Sunderland and Rotherham were at the time. And unfortunately that the bar just gets higher for like us to progress because we had such a absolutely diabolical start. And, um, it's it's frustrating because it just means that we expect more of our team and by now i think we we should we should have been competing with the teams like that and as as you both pointed out earlier in the pod we should have beaten sunderland on saturday i don't think there's any question about that if if people have uh taken in any of the the commentary or the live video or the highlights that we we did enough in that game to win, um, but we we became quite radically inept again in the second half to create anything, and that that became our downfall. And you know, and then we lost. We go on to lose two 0 But on Tuesday, we were we were miles away, and the problem is is that people are now. Yeah, fans have short-term memories, and I think we all know that. As you were saying, Bono, like we win on Sunday, and everything's rosy in the world. But it's not rosy in the world because we're still going to be a mid-table League One side, even if we win on Sunday. And um, the unfortunate truth is that we need to be become more clinical, and we need to become a more streetwise Street One team to be able to make a difference and to move up this league because for all of our passing for all of our wonderful passages of play in our own half it's not creating those chances and it's not getting those goals that we need to really put a promotion charge and we still have an absolutely atrocious record to anybody that's half decent in this league which is just grim it's so grim wow well said um I think now it's best time to talk about, you know, Paul Cook, the team. You know, we haven't scored for a while now. We'll score for fun at the start of the season. Um, I've just got Sam Morsey's interview up after the Rotherham game, and he's saying, I think we're fully clicking now. Um, do you agree with that? And do you think Paul Cook knows his best team? What, what do you reckon then, Matt? I don't think Paul Cook knows his best team. Um, I... <sighs> I can't see why why we. I won't digress too much, but I I, I think we've got too many players that are too similar at the top of the pitch. Um, like I mentioned earlier, I think the 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 player behind the strike is really important, especially in a in a Paul Cook team. You know, you look at the the success that he's had with his previous clubs. That the, the number ten is like the star man, um, and you know it seems to be like a like a different one every week or 
you'll get somebody come in, play a couple of games, and then they'll you look at Fraser, for example, best best attacking midfielder allegedly in, in League One the past couple of years, and he's played out on the left. He's got he's got no he's got no pace, can't really put in a cross or or, or beat a man. He's, he's he's a great player for for me. Go on, mate. I think he's a I think he's a liability on the left, actually. I don't think he's just uh I, I, I think we have better players on the left that than yeah. him that should be there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Selena, for example, I think he would do a better job on the left than Fraser would. Please continue. Yeah. Bro. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, I, 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 I agree. I totally agree. Um, and I think, I think with those attacking wide players, you're so reliant on getting the support and having the wingbacks um bombing on and, and doing the overlap well at, at the moment we've got Danassian who you know his his quality his his quality is in defending and, and stopping players getting past him it, it's not running forward with the ball and you know Coulson arguably signed as our number one left back is is being injured we don't know because Paul Cook is quite coy with the um injury fitness sports science side of things you know, we we don't know if he's going to be back this weekend or if he's going to be out for three months. Um, if and if he's going to be consistently injured, you'd you'd argue about maybe sending him back to his his parent club, whoever new manager who might want to take a look at him. We don't know. And then we're left with um, Penny um, and and Bailey Clements. So I think that like the the fullback area is 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 an area of, of concern um, for me. I. Darren, like you said, football is not played on paper. It's played on grass slash new style synthetic material sometimes. But, you know, you've got to... I really, I really like, really like what Paul Cook is trying to do. I, I, I like the formation. I think it will, it will work. But it's got to start working. You know, we are giving ourselves far too much to do. And I just, I just can't. Sadly, obviously, I would love for us to go on a on a winning streak and win like thirteen games on the bounce. I just I cannot see it happening because without the creative the creativity and the impact of people like Burns and without Bond's goals and without that, well, all all the other I've I've nearly mentioned an, an issue with with almost every area of the pitch apart from the central midfield and 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 the goalkeeper. It ain't going to happen. And that's, I must admit, you know, the, the, the reality check that James gave me a little while ago um, when he kind of, when he challenged some of, some of the notions that I put forward, it's a bit, it's a bit grim, isn't it? I don't fancy, it's, it's playoffs or bust for me, I'm afraid. Um, I think they'll give Cook the season. I think they will try. We are, a, they, they have bought into the fact that we are a, a proud club. We don't just sack people. We're not. We're not Leeds. We're not Watford. We're not all the other teams that give people six months and then bin them off and get some unheard of bloke from some far flung part of the world. You know, we 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 give people a chance. And whilst I'm a mass, whilst I'm always a massive proponent of Rome wasn't built in a day. Um, we need to start. We need to give the builders a bit of a g up and make sure these project is um you're, you're, you're talking is, about you're talking about teams like Leeds and Watford and unfortunately you're giving yourself examples of of uh teams which are doing a lot better than us so like it'd be great to have some examples of like 
teams that have stuck with managers and are doing worse than us because I mean at the moment I know it's all wholesome and it's really wholesome to have a manager for a long time and think oh yeah it's brilliant and if they do bring you success in the end it is brilliant but we are struggling uh, we like we might not be struggling in our patterns of play we might be still out out positioning our opponents but we are we are still struggling just in general as the club and and it's just it, it just it, it's got to get better like it, i don't know how it's going to get better but it's got it has got to get better yeah, I think it's been, you know, with with um with this this Paul Cook's tried and trusted uh formation that the wing backs clearly are absolutely crucial because they are your wingers because the we don't have wingers. So Edwards, if he's playing and Selena, whoever is playing in those, they they don't actually act as wingers. They're coming in sort of to the edge of the 18 yard box. So um I've seen us quite a few times now. I was away at Oldham and Cole United and Sunderland. And, you know, when you see it in the flesh, you can see how everyone is is lining themselves up. But what's crucial is those wing backs to act as, as a winger. And, um, you know, the Wickham game, obviously, we had K, KVY who destroyed them down the right-hand side. They could not handle him whatsoever. As Matt's already said, we missed, we're missing Coulson as a proper wing back. Um, Penny is a little bit lightweight from a defensive point of view, and he's okay going forward. And oh, you know, young Bailey Clements is—he looks to me like he's a fullback rather than a wingback. He gets a nosebleed over the halfway line, but he's doing his best. He's—you know—it's not his fault. He's only played three professional games, so. Um, but he's—he's he's not a wingback. You know, he's—he's he's a defensive player, and. Um, but yeah, as far as the question about does Paul Cook know his best 11, I think he probably knows his best eight. And then that front three is just not, well, Bon. Let's go with Bon up front. And then the three behind, you know, Chaplin had a really good run, didn't he? Chaplin was playing number 10 and scored quite a few goals. So it's like, okay, Chaplin's there now. And then Chaplin found himself playing in trophy games and coming off the bench. So in, Selena hasn't really done it in the number 10 position. I think all of us expect him to create goals and score goals from what we saw of him many, many years ago. Um, I like Aluko. He's grown on me, certainly, from that rusty game that he first played. But Aluko, in the flesh, he makes a lot of runs. He takes people on. What I like about Aluko is when you see him in, in real life, is um, he's always, whenever he receives the ball, he, he moves with his first touch. He doesn't ever control the ball and stop. He He's shifting one side to the next. So he's such a hard player to mark. But then he also hasn't produced goals and, and, and assists. So um, we've said it many times before, unfortunately, in our recent history about plan A and plan B and certainly looks that that mr cook is a is a plan a or, or bus type of guy and um it's admirable you know you see someone like man city who play this their way and we're going to just be better than you because we're you know we're good at what we do so i think it simplifies things for the footballers they, this is what we're going to do every week but then you know 
what happens when we come up against a team like Rotherham who block what we're trying to do. We have no other way of getting around that or through it or, you know, so whether that's going to be successful over the course of a season just to play the same way and, you know, sometimes be stopped and sometimes get past, we'll, we'll see. But um, it does need to settle down. We do need, you know, and injuries have screwed things up. You know, I think Coulson probably would have been left back. Toto, I don't know what everyone feels about Toto these days, but Toto has not been... He's not been great over the last few few games, you know, and we're back to that. Unfortunately, we're back to that pattern where the teams that we're playing, they don't bother closing him down when he's got the ball because they know he's going to give it away. <laughs> so, you know, Edmondson, I think we're all I've got a bit of a man crush on Edmondson, the fridge. He's he's a fantastic player, proper defender with with some skill to go with him as well. But the rest of the defence is, um, well, apart from JD, JD is um, brilliant. But as we've discussed, he's a fullback. He's not really a, an attacking wingback. So I'm kind of rambling now. I don't know what the point of this, of this question was. But no, he does not. I don't think he knows his best 11. Um, and it needs to it needs to be nailed down. If we're playing the same way every game, we need to get a consistent team, build partnerships and and crack on with it. And if you're not doing your job, someone else needs to come in but maybe that's what's been happening maybe they haven't been doing their job and then he's you know he's made a change but um it's just a bit frustrating in it that's just that's just go you know yeah and um i'm gonna go to you james next and talk about you know goals we were scoring for fun at the start of the season we saw the four nil wins against wickham and portsmouth at the moment i'm concerned there's no goals there's no set pieces and just everything like that. We're just not creating enough chances. Are you worried about that? Do you think it's because of the formation or it's just teams just found us out? Uh, to, to be honest, Ross, I, and, and first of all, if anyone from the club is listening, hello. And if anyone from the club is listening, I apologize. But I think, uh, Burson Selena in our number 10 role is really being part of our downfall at the moment. I feel like he is a absolute flair player. He can create some absolutely amazing moments of skill, but I just do do not think he is that man in in that pocket which we need. I think, as Daz was saying, uh, Connor Chaplin did a far better role in that job. I think he should be the number one person on our team sheet in that position. I feel like he is the best man for the job in in that role. I feel like he creates more. He works harder defensively. Um, not that, not saying that that is the the key defensive role on the pitch, but I feel like he just puts in. He's got the the better work ethic. And um, apologies, Burton, because again, if you're listening, but I think you're a bit of an ego man, to be honest. I think that it is you. You think you're the dog's ball looks. I can't. I don't know if I can say that. Too late. Done. Uh, but. Um, you, you think you're the best thing since sliced bread and hey-ho, you've produced some absolute class moments for us town fans and we thank you so much for that. But week in, week out, we want a little bit, little bit of consistency as well and we, we're not getting it from, from you. Uh, that's Sorry, that, that seems like a bit of a, a going in on him and it's not just that. I feel like when we do play 4-2-3-1, 
I say when we do play, we always play it. <laughs> <laughs> so every single game, uh, what we need is we need great service down down the wings. And uh, as both both other people have said tonight, Burns has absolutely done a job uh, for our team. And it's yeah, always we'll it, we'll it's like uh, when we were scoring earlier in the season, it was Bon. Sorry, it was Burns to Bon. Burns to Bon, Burns to Bon, Burns to Bon. It literally probably half our <laughs> goals for, for a period in like ten, five or ten games ago was Burns to Bon. And now Burns is gone and, and Bon's isolated and he looks like he can't, like he doesn't get any chances. And it's it's not just because uh, like he's not trying. He is trying. It's just that we don't have we don't have the same creativity in Burns. Um, Bono, do you do you want to do you want to take over for a little bit? Oh, we're eating now. Sorry, I'm eating some sriracha tortilla chips. <laughs> <clears throat> and yeah, wrong hole, wrong hole, my friend. Um, yeah, I agree with. Um, sorry, when you were saying Burns to Bond, Burns to Bond, all I could think of was. He's Ebenezer good. Burns to bond, burns to bond. <laughs> He's a good. He's a good. He's an Ebenezer good. He's good. We were we were listening to that, in fact, back from the journey from Sunderland. So you were. Uh, yeah. We were we're, we're very familiar. You see, but your the depressing thing for me is that you were probably in primary school or maybe even reception when that song was in the charts. Any any idea what years? Any anyone know what year that was? Ninety two. Is it ninety two? Uh, I wasn't even born. I wasn't born. Oh, oh, wow. I think, <laughs> um, I think it's around ninety. I think might be eighty nine or ninety one. Well, that's if it's that's that kind of era, then I'm also not born. So <laughs> yeah, sorry. Step, right, stand by, guys. Your call is important. Uh, yeah, well, I was in the Colchester Hippodrome. Please Dance. wait while we put you on home. Easy Doing good. All that. Easy good. Easy good. good. Easy good. Doing all He's that. an Evan. Easy good. He's a good. Bono. He's a good. Yeah. He's an Evan. He's a good. What, what year? 1992. Boom. That's what I'm yeah. talking about. Um, what what were we talking about before I yet again distracted myself and forgot because I'm we getting old? We were basically saying that um, we're not getting enough support across the whole three in the four-two-three-one. There's not enough yeah. support in the three to support the striker because basically Burns has just been starved of everything so far. We pass it around nicely, but there's no actual killer balls in. We don't overload the box when 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 we go down the right hand side. The left the left hand winger has to overload that box and get in basically, but it's yeah. just not happening. Basically, it's not happening. Yeah. And similar, yeah. vice versa. If you looked at yeah. the Rotherham game on Tuesday, when they broke and got the ball, you see how many players were in the box, you know, and it's just about being effective and having players in dangerous positions. And it's just what I said earlier. We, most of our players are outside the box. You know, there's, when it isn't, when we haven't got those wingers bombing, you know, the fullbacks bombing on, we've just got loads of midfielders all, all like, you know, in a nice Le- little league line, one's like a... League One's about having a go. Like it, it is yeah. about 
taking a shot from 25 yards, you might get a ricochet, you get a corner. Okay, you get a corner, you, you create absolute panic. Like putting crosses in, putting corners in, getting set pieces, winning fouls, they all create panic. And mm -hmm. most defences in this league are not good enough to be able to cause panic. But one thing that this teams in this league can do is they can literally stand in a line and they can probably cut out most of your forward passing balls. I mean, not most, maybe some teams in this league can. Some yeah. teams can't deal with it. But what does cause people in this league problems is just absolutely pinging it in the box, left, right and centre. And it's definitely caused the Ipswich defence enough problems this season. So we yeah. need to do it back to them. Yeah, I've got a new friend now. I'm classing him as a friend now, Mr. Mr. Alex Maffey, that of the, the first half hat-trick fame. Um, as I was making my way to the Oldham ground for the FA Cup replay, started chatting to this guy with a Scottish accent. It turned out to be um, the man himself. So I had a chat with him, um, my new friend, um, about about the, how we're doing and all that. And he's obviously followed us because he was doing commentary and things. His thoughts were we need two up front and we've got too many number 10s was his his thinking. We've got too many players who that number 10 style of player who want to be looking at the game rather than running beyond it. And um, that was his. So, I, you know, is that is that a traditional view, though? Is that a, like a bit of that? You reckon that's an old fashioned view or do you, do you reckon that would still be effective these days? Well, Rotherham play two up front and they're second. So it's top now. They're top now. Okay. So the best team in the league play two up front. So Plymouth I, do as well, don't they? Plymouth hey? play two up front. Plymouth, I think. They play two up front. So if anyone yeah, I mean I'm I am a fan at this level, I want players in dangerous positions. I want two people in I want two I want two strikers. It doesn't have to be four, four, two, three, you know, three, five, two, whatever it is, and all those things are flexible. It's not you know, it's, we're not playing FIFA here where everyone sticks to certain positions and never moves. You know, you can be in position, out, in possession, out of possession, you know. But we never have, and under Lambert as well, we just never have enough men in that six-yard box to get on the end of things. Cause, causing causing carnage, basically. Just cause some carnage. As, as someone, you know, as a stupid comment for me to make now, but... When you play in defence, which is, was kind of like one of my positions, if you only have one player to mark, it's the easiest game of your life because, you know, this guy is not going to get a sniff. You and your centre-half partner is done. When you've got two players and midfielders loading on, you don't know where to look. And we're just two, one up front. That's my thing I don't like about it. It's too easy. It's too easy for the opposition just to see what's going on unless we play it really effective and we've got people bombing on running wide running through but we're not doing that at the minute we are we have the players to do two up front but i yeah. also think we've got the players to do three at the back and there was a really interesting tactical analysis shared recently far and wide of this new brand of football that's um prominent in the premier league and the championship and um, a, a three at the back 
with with wing backs, two up front, and then various combinations of three midfielders, either one that's sitting, two bombing on, or two sitting and one kind of going up into a ten. But I, I don't think we'll see it. Um, you know, there's a bit of a thing, you know, if you work on a new formation, it's going to take you a few weeks to get familiar with it. And then are you neglecting the one that you're going to have to employ until then, until you're good at the new one? Um, however, these guys are professionals. They've got, hopefully they've got decent footballing brains. And I think, you know, our in-game management has been so frustrating this year. The late substitutions, little things like the distribution from the goalkeeper is, you know, we are fantastic on the counter-attack and our movement at the top of the pitch sometimes, and more often than not, is is pretty decent. But when the goalie just doesn't release it for ages, and arguably on Tuesday, people will get very frustrated with Christian Walton not releasing it. But when you look at what options are available for him, there was nobody. We we were like statues. It was like a Sunday league team at times where, you know, everybody just is just stood kind of behind behind their marker. And, you know, I think nine times out of ten, when we did a long passing, um, like James has said, to, to Bon, who's isolated, isolated up front, it's easy for me to say, they just win back possession and and we've lost it. And then we're huffing and puffing trying to get the ball back. So there's there's lots of little things and, you know, other irksome things like short corners and short free kicks. And, you know, I think we got to the edge of their box on Tuesday night and we ended up passing it back to Christian Walton, who I then knocked it long. Yeah, so, I, I really want to understand that because it could be that I'm stupid and I'm naive. I do not understand where we get we constantly win free kicks in the middle of the opponent's half and we never ever throw everyone in the box and put it in it's always that's, just a two-yard pass what that's I don't about going cut, causing carnage as well like you put it in the box you guess what the, they, they might not know how to defend it and if you if they don't know how to defend it you you get a ricochet you get a little you get a little nick off the defender when you're having a shot and guess what? You score a goal. And it's on we, my... we want to score the perfect goal at the moment. We want to pass it around and have a have, have an absolute, absolutely lovely 20 pass goal in the corner. But hey, I'll I'll take an arse cheek right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, that's on my list. So I have a I'm I'm terrible when I if I meet someone famous or someone that I admire, you know. Hey, hey I, 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 Dazza, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> So, so I, I never so know what I. to say. So, so it's I. on my list. It's on my list of if I ever like bumped into Paul Cook. One of my questions is: Please explain to me why you coach us to take short free kicks constantly, and we never put it in the box. Because I want to understand it, because it makes no sense to me whatsoever. I don't. I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Speechless, all of you. But yeah, I'd like to. I'd really like to understand it. I'm sure, you know, smarter people than me. And I, I, one of my uncles has done all these coaching badges, so I'll ask him. I'm sure it'd be about keeping possession and, you know, be based on that. But you know, it'd be st statistics based and how yeah. you, if you got the ball, you're more likely to score. So therefore, why not just keep the ball? Yeah. 
and just just to quickly on a scale of one to ten how when we have a corner how, how confident are you that we might score from this corner on a scale of one to ten because i'm at about a three a two I'm for you ross how about you bono james I am more confident than what we were under our previous manager, who is a legend at our rivals. So I will go. I'll go five. Go five. Um, we Lee, Lee Evans can ping in a decent one. Sonny Aluko can do decent corners. But you know, when I'm sitting in my little corner of the cobbled, and the corners are taking quite in you know right in front of us you look back and we've got three or four players back and other teams when they play us they they don't have like that many players back like like james said you know put some people in the box cause some this, carnage this is some a point actually that liam made was about um and who was our caretaker manager while lambert was who was that little guy Luke, not that guy no no Little beardy guy, Scottish chap that's now assistant manager at MK Dons. Yeah, no, Matt Gill, Matt Gill, Matt, Matt Gill, Gill, Matt Gill. Yeah. So in those few Stop games Scottish. that he had a big influence, and we actually won like two or three on the bounce or whatever it was, um, he was leaving our strikers up front, which means that they have to leave defenders back, which leaves less people in the box. And Liam actually made that point on Saturday against Sunderland was that um, for their corners, we had every all of our players in the box and that we, we've stopped doing that whole thing, which I didn't notice. So it was a good point by, by Liam. But maybe that's why we there are three players back because the other team are sticking their strikers up front so we can't go in the box. But I never have any expectation now I, from a corner. I, that this I is actually a, have... I actually have more expectation at a corner than I do most of our set pieces because most of our corners still go into the box, whereas most of our set pieces are just played short, which is yeah. This this is where you need to frustrating. Of, yeah, specialist in a. I don't know why Selena doesn't take corners because he's not he's not in the box for his heading ability, is he? So I don't know why he doesn't no. take corners. Um, but this what was that Garbert? You know, that's where we kind of miss someone like him. His delivery was fantastic, to be fair. You know, any corners, free kicks, you know, that those um, Carlos Edwards style, not Carlos Edwards, Roberto Carlos, Carlos is what I meant to say. His sort of shooting from 50 yards away, which the keeper would spill and then we'd, you know, tuck it in. Um, so, uh, yeah, we do, we haven't really got anyone that's a specialist free kick delivery taker have we so we're missing someone like that but um yeah so yeah so what were you what, what was your scale of one to ten james confidence of us scoring I, from a corner i think it's i think it's a five because uh, same as bono because i think that i actually feel more confident scoring from a set piece still than we do from open play in a general period because mm. i just i'm not especially Tuesday, like, I'm just not convinced that we were going to get anything from passing it around our midfield. Like, it mm. just, it didn't feel like we could unlock at all. And whereas getting a set piece, it just felt like, yeah, you've got a, we've got a, it's just that moment, isn't it? It's like, I keep coming back to it tonight, but it's just a little bit of 
Um, a, a bit of a, a bit of chaos, and just you, you cause chaos, and you've got a better chance of scoring than just passing it around to your back line. So I I always enjoy those moments. But yeah, I agree with you, Darren. That it basically we we don't have any specialists in that in that zone at the moment. But one of the things, so I, I don't know if I've mentioned a few times, but the I went to Anfield to see uh, Liverpool play um, a while ago, and the season ticket holder who got me the seat was next to me, and the other team had a corner, and he's like, "Watch this! This is our this is such is a great opportunity for us to score." So them having a corner against them because of their, <laughs> they didn't see it as like, oh my God, we might concede. They were all excited because they might go down the other end and score. <laughs> What's that? They leave, they leave their top three up front, yeah. don't they? Yeah. Which, which is, it's, so, it's so simplistic. But um, yeah, I, I'm, if we can just quickly, can I just take a brief moment? Obviously, I mentioned Sonny Aluko. So he was missing on Tuesday because his, his father passed away. So yeah. obviously, condolences to him. We have been... It's the third kind of, it's the third time one of our players and, and, and managers had a, a relative pass away. So I don't think we, we should underestimate how kind of, how uh, how bad that is. So obviously thoughts with the Aluko families, obviously sister's very prominent. I, I reckon she could actually probably do a job in our team. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, well, good point. Well, well, Thank you. Thank you. Well said. Um, well, lead, us, lead us to the brightness, Ross. Come on, where should we go now? That's that's talk positive now because we've well, all been we've all been miserable fuckers, haven't we? So what what can we? Well, can um, we go? this this Sunday it should be a straightforward win against bottom of the league one crew. But um, well, we've said that before, and sometimes it hasn't happened. Although when we played Doncaster, we smashed six goals against them. So uh, yeah, crew. Not doing so well. David Artel is one of those managers who's still in his job, despite them being bottom of the league. I know um, Simon Grayson's been sat from Fleetwood the other day uh, because they're not doing that well. But um, David Artel is still there. Crew, of course, the known for the academy, and they've got a lot of um, you know academy graduates who have left. I know Harry Pickering. I was a big fan of him. He's left now to go to Blackburn. He's doing really well under Tony Mowbray. But uh, yeah, Sunday fixture, Matt's Crew bottom of the league. This it should be a straightforward win. But sometimes these games can bite us in the arse if we're not on point. Absolutely. Um, we're going to smash crew. The last two games are going to be uh, forgotten. Um, we'll all, you know, as, as a fan base, we're, we're, we're so fragile, aren't we? Um, sometimes I think, um, yeah, I, I, I think it's going to click. But then I've got, I've got no hopes or, or expectations as to as to us going on on any run um have you injuries. seen our, have you seen our fixtures by the way it's it's after yeah. crew it's, it's starting to get a bit it's starting to get a bit shall i read them out yes if you've got them to hand so we can all poo ourselves so we're home to crew this weekend yeah then under the lights in 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 south london we will be taking on charlton um then that weekend we're away to Wigan. Then we're at home to Sunderland. Then we're away to Gillingham. 
and then we're at home to Wickham. <laughs> so, you know, it could it be. It basically highlights our uh, diabolical start and re really is like putting, it is giving us a challenge and saying, can you stand up to it? Yeah, how can you? Can you yeah. yeah. Are yeah. you are you worthy of a top six place? If you're not, like you, you're not gonna you're not gonna have a prayer basically. But yeah. if you come through that set of fixtures and hey ho, you're still. Well, it seems horrible to say within touching distance, but it seems like the best we can ask for right now. If you're if you're within a a point or two of the top six, then hey ho, you'd you'd back ourselves right then, wouldn't you? Yeah. Well, I'm the Charlton game. I'm going there hospitality with a client of mine who's a Charlton fan and so when I booked all this several weeks ago I was pretty cocky about rocking up there and rolling them over and him going away you know um slightly upset but I think it might be the other way around now because Charlton are on a have sacked their manager great run of form at the moment um and it's at their place and I think it's just another sellout as well isn't it I think we've magnificent easy for me to say magnificent support from the town fans. I think there's 3,100 on and some change of supporters that we've sold every ticket that's available. So, you know, I'm sure that will be vocal and I think they've sold most of their tickets. So that, that will be a, a good game. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm London based. So be, being London based, it is a, a absolute godsend that uh, it's a, it's a local game to me. Uh, I've got some, my, my housemates coming, who's also an Ipswich town fan. Uh, I've got a couple of friends going, which I grew up with at secondary school, who are Ipswich Town fans, but 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 like not as much. But when it's a local game, they're more than willing to come. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to the Charlton away game. It should be really good. Yeah. Can we um can we stop talking about Charlton because I've had to change my shift around at work and I can't go and I'm absolutely oh, gutted. And oh. I can guarantee I can absolutely guarantee you that like the day before I I won't need to work late. I'll 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 do a day shift and we'll probably end up missing the game anyway. But um yeah, I'm looking forward to going to Wigan. As as luck would have it, I've gate crashed the Moundrels father son day out and I got one of the only central got tickets here. I got I got the only the only central ticket left and it happens to be next to Darren. Right so, next to me. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Small and world. I'm gonna be and and breaking news, um, hot off the press, I'll be on the supporters coach again. So big shout out to Annie from Forward Green. Um she's my, my traveling companion. Bless her. I think I'm old enough to be a grandson. Um, but yeah, there you go. There you go. Well, there a question, go. a question, slightly off topic. If you are on a long coach journey and the person sat next to you is watching, uh, smashing some stories as they call them in America on, on, on their tablet and they fall asleep, is it socially acceptable to pause it for them? <laughs> I think that's a very kind thing for you to do. I, mm. I think yes, as well. Like, I would. I would definitely pause it. Uh, maybe not a fallen asleep, but I've definitely fell asleep drunk while watching something. And I would wholly appreciate if somebody could pause it for me because I can't remember for the life of me where I was once I get back yeah. to consciousness. So if someone could pause it for me, I think that's a that's actually quite a socially responsible thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I think what is totally unacceptable is when the person next to you is watching, which I've had plenty of times on on flights 
going backwards and forwards to my head office and people are are like leaning in encroaching on my space which is someone who is claustrophobic is uh, is not great when you're in a tight little airplane but uh, no that's a nice thing to do bono the, it was a nice gesture you know to a fellow Ipswich fan like we were assisting another lady outside of Sunderland on the way oh you missed her but yeah she was um I hope she got home safely so because she was she was not really uh with us is that's one way of putting it she was uh this this one lady she thought she um she came up to me post game this was after we'd lost 2-0 and she asked me uh hello um where am I sitting and I was like yes okay uh what do you mean by that <laughs> she got she she got a ticket she got her match ticket out of her pocket and said to me i'm sitting here can you tell me where it is and i had to <laughs> politely explain to her that the game was over and that we'd lost two nil and i got some expletives and i got some no it wasn't and uh she had definitely had a little bit a little bit too much that day she had she had obviously enjoyed the non-official supporters club coach that she came on in the morning which they could obviously have alcohol on and um when we asked her where she needed to be she said oh i don't i don't have a clue and we then asked uh well have you got any like have you got anyone you can call and then she got her phone out and said um well she didn't say it like we saw on her phone she had missed calls from this guy called gaz who who ran minibus saved in the phone as gaz minibus so uh, <laughs> <laughs> she had everything she needed she just couldn't execute so uh hopefully we we provide a service darren that uh that meant she got home safely yeah i, I, I was think... um i was sorry Daz. i was i was gonna say i was i, I was gutted i couldn't hang around for much longer at sunderland you know if anybody saw my hashtag game day appearance after sunderland it was the quickest pretty brutal um analysis of the game and i literally ran back to coach number three big shout out to everybody on coach number three on saturday and um then proceeded to wait about 15 minutes because we had some fans that i know they did they just took ages to come back so yeah, yeah a life lesson on well i don't know i have to say credit to sunderland not only is it a fantastic stadium their footprint around the area is something that i think personally the game changer guys and girls will be aspiring to and even the bar the bar was just fantastic fantastic service cold beers contactless payment no queues great atmosphere uh, just, you know that we talking about man. stadium of light yes oh you didn't go down at half time it was a nightmare no, I don't. If I go, uh, if I go for a pint and a half time, I will invariably have to um, relieve myself during the second half, and I usually miss goals. So, beers before the game, um, and then yeah, maybe some afterwards. But there you go. We've digressed again. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's great chat. We, we you know, so, we so much. Any other business that the, if we are for any other business, we're not even going to have anything to talk no. about. No, yeah. but there is uh, prediction time. There is prediction time. Bono, you say we're going to smash crew. So, um, how many by seven one? Uh, Dazza, <laughs> you see, 
I, you know, I'm looking forward, and again, on paper, we have a comfortable win here against the struggling side. But it, you know, if we get to nil nil at half time, you know, Ooh. could get a little bit squeaky. So I'm, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go low scoring. I think one nil town. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. James, hoping, I reckon, hoping for an eight nil, but you know, yeah. No, I, I don't. I think similar. Like, I think our play is good enough to be able to create enough chances to score goals. Uh, like, like Dazza, I don't think that we're going to be absolutely ripping the world alight. But Crew just might be that team where we can just play through easily. Like, we have had this season uh, with um, Doncaster, who was at home. Um, it's it's, it's going to be a 2 0 two for me. Uh, 2 0 win. We're going to. It's going to be a bit squeaky. Like we're we're not going to be happy with it, but two nil is a good result to have. So that's what's going to be. We're going to win the game. We're going to move on. We're going to. They're bottom of the table. If you can't beat those kind of teams at home, then we really need to be taking a good hard look at ourselves whether whether we're in the right place. Yeah, that, the atmosphere is not going to be great if we don't get the result we want, um, but we shall see. Um, we've done any other business, but is there any other business? Dazza, Bono, Jeff, James? Um, not that I can kind of think of, really. Go on in, Bono. Quick mention that this Sunday's game is Rainbow Laces' game. I was going to do that. I was going to do that, but... Storm off on the segue. Segway into you then, Ross. You can talk about it because you've got a pre-prepared statement, haven't you, regarding that? Uh, not really, but I know it is. Of course, the Sunday's game is for the Rainbow Laces campaign. Of course, the Blues are supporting it um, for the Crew game. So, um, of course, there'll be Rainbow Laces wear by players. Uh, I'm sure the flags will be out, and um, you know Francine and David, who are part of the Rainbow Tractors. They'll be doing some other bits and bobs around the game. So um, support it if you can. And uh, we're here as well as Kings of Anglia. We support it as well. So Yeah, I just, just want to mention that if you're, if, you're, if you're a straight man, which I presume most Ipswich Town fans are, um, don't think that it's not applicable to you. Like, just just please just get think of, like, there is other fans that want to come to football as well. Like, just making people feel accepted at football as well. And uh, it, it's just a really good initiative to get involved with because um, just some people don't feel exactly the same as you when you come to football. So it's, it's really good to come to. Uh, really good. It's a really good initiative to get involved with and uh, just to, to support. Um, yeah, last, last thing for me is just that I've, 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 had, a, I've had an absolute cracking week. And I'm I'm really excited for for Sunday as well. Like, it's the hope that kills you, isn't it? With Ipswich Town, it's just you feel like it's we're still ready to explode, but we just haven't done it yet. So, well, let's get going. Let's go. Let's go, Matt. Bonnet. I'll see your hand up. End it. End it on a high note. If this, I am really, really looking forward to the club announcing our new third kit. Have you got any inside information there? Have you? Are you in the know? It's Are you in the know, Bono? Black and black and grey stripes. Apparently, we want we want to see this. 
We're going to need it against Wigan. We're going to need it against Wigan. Did We're going to need it against Sheffield Wednesday. And the only, I'm not in the know. I will never claim to be in the know. I don't know anybody other than you fine chaps and other selected like-minded Ipswich Town fans. Um, um, but on the new Football Manager game, we have a third kit and it is basically an Adidas template shirt, much like the fine, fine top that you are modelling there yourself. Um, for those of you... Uh, watching in black and white uh, does is wearing the uh, maroon and navy um, top the good one the good one <laughs> the, not the second one the good one um which which i've got too but it's just a little bit snug we'll blame lockdown holiday wait from that but um yeah yeah i think the club are going to announce it soon um so place your orders at planet blue when it comes out they'll be stocking at all sizes i'm sure and i look forward to receiving my um, free or heavily discounted shirt um, for mentioning it <laughs> to the yeah. thousands and thousands of listeners and subscribers and likers that we have. Well said. Um, well, Matt, Dazza, James, it's been a pleasure. Another fan social in the bag. Um, of course, Kings of Anglia is, is sponsored by Manscape.com. Use the code KOA to get 20% off and free delivery. Of course, Black Friday deals. Get your all the range at manscaped.com. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss um, the crew game and all the other bits and bobs around the week. Um, and yeah, make sure to follow us on all the socials. Give us a review. Let us know what you think of the fan social. It's always good to get some feedback. Um, enjoy the game on Sunday. <laughs> and bye-bye for now. Come join us. Come join us. <laughs> oh, yes. If you want to uh, go on the podcast, contact me at Ross Media UK. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.